you feel like you can do it better than the higher. And that's why you don't delegate it. I hear it all the time. Well, it's not as good as what I would do, so I just do it myself. There's the 70% rule out there. If somebody can do it 70% as well as you, hand it off. Nobody's ever gonna do it as well as you, but you're never gonna be beyond your personal capacity if you don't hand it off. Less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor. Short. Martin, I was mentioning Dan Martell as we were planning this episode, and you lifted up a book. Uh, yep. What made you buy it? I don't know. Somebody mentioned it, like most of the books. Hey, either come across it in an article I may have or mentioned a blog it to you. or somebody talked. You might have mentioned it, yeah. <laughs> it's, buy back your time. It's been a great book, and I wish I would have known it um, before I really started hiring. Um, I would say, you know, at one point we had like what, 10 employees and I would say only like two or three truly were following the buyback principle that he talks about. Do you know what, do you remember the buyback principle? Yeah. You're not buying to grow your sales. You're buying to buy, pay to reduce the time you spend in the business. Yeah. You're buying back your time. Yeah. You're a free. Yeah. And, and so I think what I would follow, like I remember specifically with us, we, had a lot of contract designers that, you know, cause we don't do a ton of design work, but sometimes there's someone needs a logo or someone needs something designed. And so we would hire a, um, just a contractor that we, we had probably three or four that we used from time to time. So, Hey, can you do this project? They would do it. It would go great. And then eventually we started getting a lot of, um, it was a part of all of our onboardings for clients that we were having design work. So I said, you know what, let's hire a full-time designer when we definitely could have gotten by with contractors and was one of the most expensive roles for us um, whenever we did hire for it. And it just added so much to my plate in terms of, I felt like we needed to start getting more design work than we had already because of the expense. And then it was more, I had to manage someone full time. Um, it just completely changed a lot of our strategy and all this kind of stuff. And if I would have just kept maybe someone or my contractors in place and hired someone that would actually take away from the time that I was spending in the business, it would have been way more beneficial for us. Um, so I think that's a really good thing. And, you know, with that, I think for today's topic, I want to talk about executive assistants. I've really been on a journey of finding an executive assistant. I've worked with, I think I'm, this is number three right now, um, that I'm on. And I'm, I think I've found a pretty good fit with Gabby. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been transformative for me. Um, I think the, you know, we were, we're going to talk about in future episodes, a book called 17 reasons why your company is an investment grade. And you were saying your company doesn't have value if you're not delegating. What did you mean by that? Yeah. Well, if you, uh, if you have a bunch of assets, trucks and equipment, and maybe some property, it has that value. Yeah. But as a business, your company really, it's a little harsh. I'm going to just say it that way, but it doesn't have value. Yeah. If it depends on you, we've been over that many times, but if you have to be there, what you have is a job and people don't, investors typically don't want to buy a job and they especially don't want to buy your job. <laughs> right. Sometimes, I mean, it, you may have the value of a phone list, a customer list, things like that. 
But even that, if your customer list really is based on your personal relationships and you want to sell your business and you're walking out the door, what's going to keep those customers around? So, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just critical. In the book, he talks about how if you want to be rich, be lazy, meaning like don't uh, don't yeah. do anything and delegate everything. But if you want to be wealthy, be incompetent. Um, and what what he talks <laughs> about with that is, um, you know, if if you're a, I think his example is a restaurant. If you own a restaurant and you have no idea how to cook, um, there's there's just absolute you couldn't make eggs if someone asked you to. Uh, and the cook quits then. And so you're incompetent in that role. Your number one priority is hiring a cook and saying, are you going to find make, make it work. But if you had some experience as a cook and you, you felt like you might be able to do it, you might just jump in the kitchen and you might stay there for eight weeks and everything else is struggling because, and the kitchen sucks too, cause you're not a great cook. And so everything just the standards lower across the board. And so when you're incompetent, right. you do a better job of delegating than when you are. Uh, but, but I think with that, there's, that's the challenge is that people hire new roles because like I hired a designer cause I'm incompetent as a designer, but that doesn't buy back my time. And so the challenge with hiring and, and delegating is that it's really difficult to be incompetent because you're starting the business. And so you're doing every little thing and if you're hiring someone to take over part of your time, that does, then that means that you're not incompetent at that thing. And so that's the challenge is you feel like you can do it better than the hire. And that's why you don't delegate yeah. it. I hear it all the time. Well, it's not as good as what I would do. So I just do it myself. Don't you hear that? Oh yeah. And there's, there's the 70% rule out there, sometimes 80%. But if somebody can do it 70% as well as you, uh, hand it off. Hand it off. Right. Nobody's ever going to do it as well as you, but you're never going to be beyond your personal capacity mm -hmm. if you don't hand it off, right? Well, and that's where- Yeah, it's common as dirt. And that's where you get into like retention matters so much because you can take that person from 70% to 90%. Um, but if you don't retain your employees, then you're always going to be at a 70%. Hey, Cashflow Contractors, really quick. I wanted to ask Martin a question that I get asked all the time. What is business coaching? Great question. Business coaching in my mind is when a coach or mentor or guide comes alongside you in your journey and provides education, information, and accountability to make progress towards goals that you identify. Most of the clients I work with, our goal is to create a profitable business that can work without them and give them their lives back with less stress, more free time, and more money. I've seen what you do. You're excellent at it. In business, it can be very lonely, but you don't have to be alone. You can pay people to do things for you. It's not usually that helpful, but if you do things with someone alongside you, like a business coach, it's extremely valuable to building a profitable business that runs without you. How can people get started with business coaching? Best way to do it is to click on a link in my calendar or go to my webpage and click on a link and book a time with me, uh, no cost. They're 20 minute or 30 minute sessions. I can understand what you're looking for. And maybe you can understand whether or not I feel that need for you. Well, we'll put that link down in the show notes. Please click it. Schedule a time with Martin. It's free. It's valuable. And maybe you need a business coach. Back to the episode. So I want to go back to executive assistance, though. People, I've, I've been telling people I, my journey um, hiring one. And I think that uh, for the most part for myself, I wasn't ready for an executive assistant in terms of mindset of being ready to delegate 
of being ready to truly train and, and create SOPs and have the right mindset. I was assuming they'd come on and just take stuff off my plate. And that's really not how it works. You have to have some skin in the game. You've got to be invested and really kind of on a mission to replace yourself in, in many respects. And it, I was with a friend um, and I was telling him, yeah, oh, I got to send this message so that my assistant can schedule this for me. He's like, couldn't you just put it in your Google calendar? I was like, I can, but then that creates the habit of me doing it every time. And if I can create the habit of, oh, I've got this on my plate, let me give it away. Even with the littlest things of send this email, schedule this uh, on the calendar, remind so-and-so to do this, uh, it really helps. And so going into it for myself, hiring executive assistant, my main priority was to be better about communication, to be better about delegating to the rest of my team and, and even to, her, to my assistant. And then lastly, to be better at uh, documentation. And then across the board, being accountable with all those things. But you mentioned, you know, if you're, if you don't have, if you're not delegating, then your company doesn't have any value. You, if you don't have systems and you don't have documentation, then you can't delegate well. And so, yeah, you can't delegate well. Like I was, I was talking to somebody the other day and they want to grow their business so that it runs without them and be profitable and they don't use any software at all. And that's, it's possible to do it without software, but in today's day and age, it's almost impossible. And they need that software in place so that they can document things so that they can step out of the business because everything's in their head. And if it's in their head, they can't delegate it effectively. But if it's documented right. somewhere where everybody can see it, then they're going to be able to actually delegate it. So anyways, that's, that's, those are some things that my assistant helps me with, but that's not enough to keep my assistant going all day, every day. Uh, and I have to work at handing things off. Uh, but there's infinite tasks that I have her do. Give us some examples. <laughs> uh, infinite tasks. So there's things that like you should just always be doing. Like it, you, you, let's say you're going through a checklist. You get the checklist. Well, yeah. you can start back at the top again, right? Uh, an easy. And this is actually the this is actually the name of the type of task. It's not the fact that we have infinite tasks. Correct. Correct. It's like a if you have a the way task type, like you, it's an infinite task. You have right. recurring tasks that are like, hey, every Monday you do this, right? Um, you have one-time tasks, you have projects that are, have, are composed of many tasks, uh, but then you have infinite tasks and infinite tasks are things that you can continuous just on a loop doing over and over and over again. A really good example is, uh, prospecting. Like you can always be prospecting, looking for new opportunities. There's things that, uh, we can do inside of our company where we're just managing projects, right? So, Hey, you need to go through and get a status report on this. You need to uh, check in with everybody on the team and see where they're at, how they're doing, if they're having any challenges. You need to double check with the client and make sure that they have everything they need. And then when you do all that for not just one project, but several projects, likely that's taken you at least the full day or a couple of days to get through all of that. You can go the next, you can then go back to the first project and get another status update. <laughs> Because we're work, we're all working on those projects continuously, right. and likely you're not just doing that one task, and so it takes you a bit longer. You've got other tasks sprinkled in between, so whenever you finish those, you just go back to your infinite task, right? So just yep. status updates, documentation, making sure that everything's uh, up to standards um, inside the CRM, like all of our data looks good, uh, all the projects look good, 
making sure that our deals are moving correctly, that there's activities scheduled and being taken uh, on, on each deal that we're doing. Or have we sent an email to follow up? Have we given a, a, a report? Have we asked for them? Have we done a follow up to see if they can, if they're ready to move forward? Um, those are all things that are infinite tasks. The other thing is parallel tasks. I've done this a couple of times uh, and I need to do it more, but let's say there's a big project or a, you know, a, maybe I've got to create a presentation um, for somebody. I'll do that side by side. So literally I'll assign it the task to create the presentation to my assistant and see how they do. But then I'm doing it myself. I was already going to do it anyways, but let's have them do it too. And then at the end, we have a 30 minute meeting where we look at them side by side and we say, Hey, which one's better, Merge right? Yeah. And then we can do it again on the next time that we have to create the presentation and see if they improve. And then eventually now I can delegate that task 100% off and then I'm just reviewing it. Right? So those are some examples, but I've found it super helpful to have an executive assistant, uh, at, at the end of the day, it may not be an executive assistant that you need. Um, maybe it's, you know, someone who's in sales cause you spend a lot of time on sales. Maybe it's someone who's on the shop floor with you as a shop manager, cause you spend all your time there. Um, they're not necessarily going to add a ton of revenue, uh, to your, maybe if they are a salesperson, they could, but maybe a role like an executive assistant, that's not adding revenue, but it should have free you up to then go and do that. Yeah. I think, uh, Tom Reaver had a, said it real succinctly in our, his interview a few yeah. months ago, said, start, do it and give them your calendar and your email. That's hard. Start there. It's hard. Yeah. Especially giving away that email. Well, they don't know what they're looking for. Well, you got to spend a little time showing them what you're looking Absolutely. for. Absolutely. I'm just now, I'm just now getting some emails offloaded. Um, and it's going well, but on the bottom of every email that's sent, it's from my email address and has my signature, but at the very bottom, it says sent by Gabby on Khalil's behalf. So if there's ever yeah. a doubt, Hey, you may call me cause that, that didn't look right. You know, but right. anyways, well, I just wanted to have a short episode about this. Uh, if you're interested sure. in hiring an executive assistant, um, I'm happy to talk about how I went through my process with you. Um, I think it's a valuable one that several of our audience members could, could benefit from. So, um, yeah. Hope you enjoyed the short episode. Follow us on LinkedIn, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and Twitter and Instagram, all the different profiles, Facebook, uh, and subscribe to our newsletter down in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you, man. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.